Thank you, guys. Right. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning. My name's Thomas. For those of you that don't know me, and I have the pleasure of opening up God's Word this morning, I get to, I'm one of the leaders alongside, well, get to lead the church along with my wife, Mary, who done the opening part of the service this morning. She's on tots uh, with our little boy, who's his birthday today, which is wonderful. He is two today, and uh, we're very thankful to God. Uh, it's been good. Right, so we are continuing our series in Hebrews. Uh, so we are looking through the book of Hebrews, and we've called this series The Greatness of Jesus. The Greatness of Jesus. Last time I spoke, two weeks ago, I think it was two weeks ago, we looked at chapter one of Hebrews, and I gave a little introduction to the book, and uh, we learned that it's writings to Jewish Christians, uh, and the, right, the author of the, the letter who we don't, we don't actually know who the author is, but he's imploring these Jewish Christians not to give up. There's a lot of persecution happening to this group of people, and he's saying when life goes, gets hard, don't go back. Don't go back to the way things were before. Jesus is better than all of that. And there's a very real danger, danger for these people that they will be missing the greater by not letting go of the lesser. And He's just imploring them, don't you realize Jesus is the Messiah, and Jesus is who was promised. Don't be scrambling for crumbs when the feast is there, uh, is ready to be enjoyed. So we're going to read Hebrews chapter 2, and we're going to read four verses. So Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1 to 4, and Tim, would you like to be our Bible distributor? Let's give a cheer for Tim. Would you be able to do that, Tim? So if you don't have a Bible, get your hand up, and Tim will get one to you. And uh, if you don't have one at home, we'd love you to have one at home as well. So take it as a gift from us, and Tim will get you a Bible. In my Bible, it's about this much into the Bible, so uh, towards the end of the Bible, Hebrews, and we're going to start in chapter 2, and it should be up on the screen as well. So let's read, let's read. I am excited this morning. I'm always excited to come to church, but I'm excited to delve into God's Word. So let's read, let's read chapter 2. We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. For since the message spoken through angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard Him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to His will. And we're going to stop there. Amen. Amen. I am in a season just now of life where I feel that time is flying. It's flying. I'm constantly using these phrases regularly, and I've, I've realized as I was preparing this talk this week, I can't believe it's Wednesday already. Is it March already? Who can believe it? It feels like Sunday every three days at the minute. That was a quick week, wasn't it? That was a quick week. Anybody else guilty of those? Yeah. Someone once said, time can feel like a roll of toilet paper. That unrolls faster and faster the closer you get to the end. 
Very true, very true. Why is it when we're older, I'm speaking for all of us, you see, why is it that time seems to get faster? Anybody feel that? Time kind of flies as you get older. I want to say to you this morning, don't worry, I've looked into it and I have the answer. I don't have the proper answer, but uh, a common theme having looked and researched a little bit, is as we get older, our brains process less information as they would when we were younger. There are less and less new things. So think about when you are younger, the amount of new things that you experience, that you learn, that you journey through, and how that becomes less and less the older we get. That makes time seem to speed up. So new information and experiences are needed. Also, most of us tend to be more structured and have more routines the older that we get as part of our weeks. So perhaps we need some new experiences and be willing to break from routines now and again. So maybe some of us need to take an afternoon off a week and learn a new language, or maybe some of us need to take a last-minute week off and climb a Monroe every day for a week. I don't know. New experiences and break from the routines. But as I was reading the verses, the four verses that we looked at, Uh, from Hebrews. This is what I was kind of pondering in my heart, how fast time can fly and how fast time can drift. We can drift through time and drift away. As the writer of the Hebrews adds, this is an interlude, these four verses. It's a parenthesis, it's known as. So, it's kind of separate to the the chapter before and the chapter after. It's like a little middle bit, uh, but it's a very, very important bit how fast time can fly, and how we can drift through. And he adds this interlude to this letter, and he has this word, therefore, therefore. We must pay attention, the most careful attention, therefore, which draws us to look back. It draws us to look back. It's there for a reason in verse 1. Because of everything we've mentioned in chapter 1 about who Jesus is, therefore, we must pay careful attention. Jesus is better. Don't step back, step in. See Jesus for who He really is. Don't mess out on what He has. Therefore, because of all this stuff I've shared about Jesus, Jesus the Messiah, He's right there, yet you're dropping back into your Jewish traditions. Therefore, pay attention. Therefore, listen. Therefore, pay attention so you don't drift away. As I was reading that word drift, I was like, oh, I don't want to drift. I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to drift. I don't want it. I don't want it for my life. I don't want it in my relationship with Jesus. I don't want to look back like you would with a friendship, perhaps, and think 20 years later, oh, we just drifted. Gosh, that time flew, but we just drifted. We just drifted. Isn't that a shame? For time to fly because I don't want to break the routine, maybe. And I feel that was maybe a similar pull for the Jewish Christians. Go back to everything they once knew. Go back to this is the way it is. The writer is saying the same thing here. Everything you have here with Jesus is life-changing, incredible, beautiful, can shape your life and your hopes and your dreams and your futures in the most remarkable and beautiful of ways. What was prophesied and promised and prayed over, and been leading to this, Christ is here. Get your act together. (laughs) Get your act together. Because if you don't, it isn't going to be a good path. 
We must pay careful attention to what is being heard. Jesus is better than anything, anything that this world can offer. So you don't drift. Pay attention to what is being heard so you don't drift. Let me paint another picture that came to my mind as I was preparing this talk. I I, I was thinking back to when I was learning to drive, which was many years ago. And for those of us that can drive, I'm sure we can share some some driving experiences, maybe in our learning uh, or maybe in our newness of driving a car. But my driving instructor was a really interesting character as I reflected back. Let me tell you about my driving instructor. I began to realize three or four lessons in, I would get like these intensive lessons, two, one after another, so I'd be with him for like two and a half hours, I think it was. But for the first three or four lessons, he would get me to drive to a petrol station. I was like, okay, that's okay. okay. Then he would fill up with fuel, and then he proceeded to get a Starbucks as well. So I realized about four lessons in, wait a second, I'm doing this every single lesson, and it's eating up about 20 minutes of my driving lesson. Anyway, it wasn't good. So I had to say to him, could you fill up the fuel before? Anyway, that has nothing to do with what I'm sharing. Then I had my test and I passed it first time with flying colors. And I remember, I can close my eyes and visualize the face of my driving instructor. And he went, oh, it was like, there was no confidence or no like congratulations. It was like sheer shock. Oh, I expected to get a few more lessons from you didn't communicate any confidence in my abilities at all. And this may be down to, in my driving lessons with my instructor, I had the tendency when learning to coast. You know when you put the foot down on the clutch and you keep your foot down on the clutch? A few people are smiling going, yes, when you coast. And essentially what happens, instead of using the clutch for that quick transition into the new gear and using the car as it should, you essentially enter a state of free momentum. It can easily, the car can easily get away from itself. So he kind of had to nail me on that. Don't be coasting. Lift your foot. Use the clutch when you're changing gears. So that maybe had something to do with his shock. We think when we're coasting, it's easier. It's a lot easier. It's a lot easier when I've got my foot down on the clutch. We're still traveling. But actually, it's doing more damage than we think. And it's placing ourselves and others in danger. I see it just like drifting, and we have a choice to use the gears that the writer in Hebrews is giving us in this very first verse to journey as we should for our safety and to journey well, to live lives with Jesus as we should. The gears serve a purpose, don't they? The gears take us onwards at different parts of the journey. So what are the gears that can put, we can put to use this morning? Having read these verses, well, I think this, actually, the very first verse helps us unpack them really well and helps us so we don't find ourselves with a faith that's tiptoeing in the shallow end of the shore with just a little bit of sand in our toes. Have you ever been with someone on the beach who kind of is on the edge and you're like, come on in, come on in, enjoy, get into the water, there is more. So there's a couple of things I want to share this morning. The first thing is pay attention. Pay attention. On Easter Sunday, you might have seen a wee slide before the service. We would love to baptize folk. We've baptized a number of folk in Loch Ness on Easter Sunday. I realize it's still March on Easter Sunday this year, but if you would love to be baptized and feel 
that that's something the Lord is inviting you into, we would love to chat with you. We would love to chat with you. Uh, over 10 years ago, we had a baptism with a difference when we were in Aberdeen. We had a mobile baptism tank that you kind of clip together and then you put a, like a blue rubber thing over and you had to let it really tight and you screwed the, the wooden kind of frame round and uh, we had to run a hose. The, the baptism tank was in the car park. We had to run a hose from the janitor's office. So we said to the school, we're going to be hooking up a hose. We got the right attachment for the hose and ran the hose through a window out to the car park. I checked numerous times to see that the tank was filled, but I didn't really bother with the office. I thought, okay, the tank's filling, it's all good. The, ba the baptism tank will fill. I thought everything was okay. What I didn't know is that the pressure on the tap attached was, it, something wasn't right. Something wasn't right with the connection to the tap in the janitor's office. And I popped into the office while the church countdown was on. And uh, so the, similar to the countdown we have here, five minutes to go for the service. I was like, great, baptism tank's full. I'm going to go into the office and have a wee look. I wish I hadn't. I wish I hadn't. Because as I popped in, the sink was overflowing in the janitor's office. And there was water like up to about a couple of inches covering the school office. And I went to Mary and I said, Mary, I think we need a couple of kitchen towels. And she just laughed at me. Kitchen towels? You need a lot more than kitchen towels. You have flooded the office. And what proceeded to happen was we had somebody from our church. I mean, this is servanthood, guys. You know when we speak about belonging, find a place to serve. This guy is the legend of serving. He used a towel, stayed in the whole service, and wrung out the carpet, went outside, wrung out the, the towel, and went back in. I mean, it must have been hundreds of times for about an hour and a half. And then I was at a meeting that week with the assistant head teacher, and she just whispered while we were chatting about, heard you had a good time on Sunday. <laughs> Thankfully, that school building was going to be destroyed in about six months. Otherwise, I'm sure the church might have faced quite a hefty bill. But why am I telling you that? It's important to pay attention. And the things we do and what we say and what we watch, what is in and around our lives, what influences us, I want to ask us this morning, what has got our attention right now? We must pay the most careful attention, a greater attention to Jesus. Our failure to attend to what God is saying to us in Christ is explained in this passage in a great picture that commentators unpack with a Greek word called para, para, I always, para raiomen. Parariamen is the Greek word. And it's used in other contexts to describe these pictures. So just imagine these pictures. A boat being allowed to drift away. A ring that slips off a finger. Water that leaks from a leaky jar. So capture that imagery. We can allow these things to happen by not paying attention. By not paying attention. We must give ourselves to Jesus. Otherwise, it's like straying into dangerous waters or losing something precious. And the thing is, we never start with the intention of drifting. We never start something and go, I'm going to drift. We can start in good, with good motives, good plan. But whether it's a storm or a collision or something unexpected or a lapse in concentration or intentionality, we can find ourselves all of a sudden in a very different course. A significant life event or a surprise or a crisis 
or something that's lured us in or seduced us to go on a different path. We must pay attention. Maybe you are sitting here right now this morning and you realize there's some things in your life and you're like, I don't know how I got there. I don't know how I got to this point. I've allowed the boat to drift. I've lost the ring. The jar is empty. There's a plea from the writer here, and it's a plea from me this morning as we unpack this word together. If you are drifting, do something about it now. Do something about it now. Don't mess about. Pay attention. This is serious. This is serious. And it's a reminder to us all. What is grabbing our attention? What is capturing our hearts right now? Who is capturing us? Is it Jesus? Is it the thirst for information? Is it the new? Is it financial security? Is it health? Is it career? Is our focus Christ-centered? C.S. Lewis, he says, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling around with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. Ooh. Would we long for that infinite joy? Would the gospel of Jesus Christ come alive in our hearts afresh? Would our attention be pulled towards that glorious event every single day, every single new morning? Would Jesus be welcomed into every nook and cranny of our lives? I love saying nook and cranny. Would he have the dirt and the grime? Would we know every morning the power of his grace and of his mercy? Would we have a posture of repentance, returning to Jesus every day and saying, your kingdom come, your kingdom come. We were speaking about it on Life Group. We're going through the Vineyard Values book in our We Life Group. And Tuesday night, we we're just speaking about those words, your kingdom come. What a great prayer. What a great prayer to pray as you get up in the morning. Your kingdom come, not my kingdom. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in my life as it is in heaven. Your will be done in my workplace as it is in heaven. Your will be done in every space, in every conversation, in every person I meet. Your kingdom come. Would we come as we are? Would we pay attention? Where is our attention directed right now in this moment? The second point I want to share is listen. Listen. A few of you might know Chuck Swindoll. Anybody recognize that name? He uh, would do the Word for Today on UCB. If there's any UCB listeners, uh, we would have that on. And every morning he would share the Word for Today. And uh, he has a book called Stress Fractures. Stress Fractures. And he says this. I once found myself with too many commitments in too few days. Perhaps a few of us can resonate with that. I got nervous and tense about it. I was snapping at my wife and children choking down my food at mealtimes and feeling irritated at those interruptions through my day. Before long, things around the house started reflecting my hurry-up style. It was becoming unbearable. 
I distinctly remember after supper one evening the words of her youngest daughter. She wanted to tell me something important that had happened to her at school that day. She began hurriedly, Daddy, I want to tell you something, and I want to tell you really fast. Suddenly realizing her frustration, I answered, Honey, you can tell me. You don't have to tell me really fast. Say it slowly. I'll never forget the answer. The little girl replied, Then listen slowly. Would we be people that listen slowly? Verse 1, it reads, we must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard. This salvation which was first announced by the Lord was confirmed to us by those who heard Him. We want to make sure we don't drift. We have to listen well. Slowly listen. Listen slowly. Listen slowly. It reminded me of a, a story when we were in Tunisia. We were just recently married and we were at the buffet. There's all this food. I had no idea how to eat or what to do. It was all new to me. It was about the second time I'd been abroad. And there was shrimp there. And the chef said something to me while I was getting this shrimp. I was just piling my plate on with all this exotic, incredible food. And I sat down and I knew the chef had said something to me, but I didn't really listen. Sat down and I was like, gosh, how do you eat this thing? And I proceeded to put the whole shrimp in my mouth. Didn't de-shell it at all. And Mary and I were maybe a year married at the time, and she just stared at me. She's like, what on earth are you doing? And she pointed over, and the other people had the plate with the shell and stuff. And I was like, oh, mortified. Had to crunch my way through. <laughs> crunch my way through. It was mortifying. I wonder if the chef had told me how to eat it. I don't know seen my pale Scottish complexion and thought, he needs to know how to eat a shrimp. How well do we listen? Is there an invitation from the Lord in these spaces to listen better? What do we do with what we've heard? Do we listen to the safety briefings when we're on an airplane? I just realized I never do. I never do. Why? Because I don't think I need to know. But what if I do? What if I do? Maybe it's a bit like that sometimes. <laughs> oh, we're unpacking about pride. I can zone out here. I don't need to know about that. It's okay. Or it's all about the Holy Spirit. That's not for me. It's okay. I'm okay with other stuff, but I'll, that's not for me. Or we're speaking about money. Nope. We're speaking about prayer. I, I don't need prayer. There's people that need prayer more than I do. What if we really listened? What if we hung on every word that's unpacked, every word from the Lord in this space? Maybe when we hear about pride, it's like, Lord, create in me a pure heart. Oh God, and renew your right spirit within me. Should pride knock on the door, Lord, help me know what to do. And when it comes to the Holy Spirit, Lord, I want to know you more. I have my questions. I don't know, have I ever encountered you in a tangible way by your Spirit? I don't know, but I want to experience you in a new way. So I'm going to say yes. I'm going to step in and say yes. Fill me, Lord. When it comes to money, everything is yours, Lord. What do I do? What do I do with it? When it comes to prayer, there's always something I can bring to you, Lord. You're always listening. I wonder what's filling the airwaves in our lives. 
The writer in this letter is saying that we have to listen to what we've heard. He's saying to these Jewish Christians, listen to what you've heard about Jesus. For us in a world that will throw so much at us, that will throw us off course at every point, often it's in the very first hour as we leave this building, so much of the world's seductive and addictive nature to fill our hearts and minds to squeeze out what God's doing in here. And this might be a wee bit controversial as I was preparing, but I would have a look at how we use our phones and how we use social media and how we use technology. Paying attention, I know for my own life, paying attention and listening has totally diminished. And, you know, it's a lot more difficult to pay attention. And it's because of these things. It's because of these things. And if we were to look at studies, we would see that attention has diminished in the last 10 years or so, and it's robbed us of our senses. That's what I feel. It's robbed us of our senses. And it's filled our hearts with the need for fixes that are like foxes. Fixes that are like foxes. Just another check of the emails. Just another scroll to see what's happening. I just need to see the news again. What's the weather doing here? What's that film that guy's in? What's that text? What's that other text? What's that? Yeah, okay, yeah. I'm just checking this. Just checking that. And I'm speaking for myself as well. It's robbed us. There's so much good in these advances, these devices, but they're not the answer to satisfaction. Jesus is. Another box set isn't the answer. An Instagram post isn't the answer. A YouTube binge isn't the answer. Porn isn't the answer. These are all short-term thrills when we have the lifetime thrill of Jesus being dulled and drifted when we overindulge in these worldly pleasures. So I want to encourage us to reclaim our senses this morning. Maybe pick up the book. Maybe pick up the book and read a paragraph a day or a line a day of a real page. Maybe write a letter. Maybe go for more walks. Maybe take notes. Maybe pick up a pen again. I've been, learn how to write again. I was saying to someone this week, my goodness, I don't write anymore. Maybe phone people instead of WhatsApping. Maybe play a board game. Maybe pray together more. Maybe get into spaces in the physical that can retune our attention and listening in the spiritual. I think there's really something in this church for us that is challenging because we're so consumed. Pay attention, lift our heads, and when there's a whiff of the Lord speaking, we say yes and we step in. So just to close, a couple of other steps which we don't have time to unpack, but I just want to share. Thankfulness. What does thankfulness look like in our lives? We read through the rest of chapter 2, and I just want to say thank you for Jesus. I wonder if we could write one thing each day that we're thankful to God for. Is that a good step? I feel that's a good step. Maybe there's some of us that do practice that, that do look for what we're thankful for each day. There's a great book, and Mary can tell you more. She's journeyed it a couple of times, A Thousand Gifts by Anne Voskemp. Uh, and just brilliant, really practical and how we spur, stir thankfulness in our lives. So you can have a wee chat with Mar. Uh, I haven't told her, so she'll be like, well, what happened there? Seven people were asking me about this book. 
Another one is find your tribe and your voice. Don't just find people and, and keep stoom. Take a leap of faith. Be you. Think of the examples with the ring and the boat. If you'd lost the ring, you'd be like, can you help me find this ring? It's really precious to me. Let's look everywhere. If the boat was going off adrift, you'd be like, help, help. If the jar was leaking, Sue, come and help me. Put your hand there. We need to move it into another jar. If there's stuff going on in our lives, speak, share with someone, be real, come as we are into this space. And God will meet us in that space. Another thing, look at belonging in the church. We did a, a teaching series on it, and Mary spoke about the steps that you can take to belong to Inverness Vineyard Church. And then another thing, look at how we pray and fast. We might revisit that later on in the year. I've done a talk around fasting. We fast every Friday as a church community. You can register for a weekly email every Friday where we just give some prayer points. How are we dieting? How we are dieting the world will impact how we diet our walk with Jesus. How do we receive these spaces? What do we do with what God's saying? What do we take away? How is reading the Bible for us? How do we pray? How alive is my walk Monday to Saturday? Is my worldly diet healthy? So, there's lots to unpack there. And I want to end by just saying, let's not drift. Let's make a commitment as a church to say no to drifting and coasting and use the gears that are afforded to us for a safer journey. Why don't we stand?